Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I am your host, Lana Mercedes. I am so excited to get into this week's episode. We're talking all about the benefits of vulnerability. And I've got some good information to share, so get ready as we discuss the key to human connection for the next 10 minutes. Organically acknowledging emotional experiences can be uncharted territory for many, but once mastered, it can be one of the most freeing things that you do. As with most things we do, I don't like to say practice makes perfect because there's always room for improvement, but with practice comes progress, and with progress can come comfort, success, and excellence. So let's break down what the positives of doing so actually look like with tangible benefits. There are 12 benefits I want to share with you, so today we will cover six and we will cover the other six on next week's episode. Number one, it fosters self-love. Being vulnerable has a lot to do with psychology, so in doing so, we also learn about ourselves and what we enjoy. This teaches us about what makes us happy, and when we discover those things, we are able to implement them in various ways when it comes to self-love. Usually when you hear the term self-love right now more than ever, it's associated with putting on a face mask, sitting in a bubble bath with candles lit, getting a massage, reading a good book, and of course, cutting off people that are toxic and referring to everyone as a narcissist like medical diagnoses should ever be buzzwords. But there is some real meaning to self-care beyond just taking care of ourselves the way everyone else is doing or the way in which everyone else says we should. It should ignite you to find the ways in which you feel love and utilize those avenues to make yourself feel special and nurtured. We are all broken in some way or another, so spending some uninterrupted time to focus on being a better us makes us feel good. And so if we don't do this, we are just avoiding what we know we need in order to be the best version of ourselves. And what happens when we avoid things we know we actually need to do? That work just piles up and then blocks us from receiving what is actually meant for us. However, on the reverse, when we do the work, we receive what was actually being blocked by the clutter. We believe we are deserving of the rewards and we have the drive to continue working at fostering self-love to continue to see those rewards that bring us joy. In addition, when we allow our most vulnerable parts to be seen by those we are closest to and see that they can still accept and or support us, we can gradually start to shift the negativity we put on ourselves. We are often our worst critics, so if we get vulnerable with others, we can start to see the great parts of ourselves that others do. Number two is it increases authenticity and trust. So in the same vein of self-love and those around us validating the parts of us that they value, we can dive even further into what that means. Let's use social media, for example. Say you have someone on social media that doesn't know you and they're attacking your character and trying to tell you about yourself. Whether you're just someone whose page this person comes across or someone with a platform, these people seeing your social media only see what is shown to them. So whether you're posting it yourself or if they see it on some other form of media. These are the ones that can get in our heads and tear us down if we are already feeling low. But when you remember that those people don't know you like your friends and family, you can see that those people you are close with are the ones that you actually know. And as long as you're vulnerable with them, can be the real judge of character. This will allow all facets of your personality to be seen. And as you all know, I am an advocate of learning your Enneagram. So being vulnerable about your desires and fears is one of the ultimate forms of creating human connection. And speaking of human connection, that is number three. 
it strengthens human connection. So obviously, if you want to create a human connection with someone, your willingness to be vulnerable, i.e. being open, communicating feelings, acknowledging wrongdoings, talking about what moves us in life are all ways to do so. If not, then we are being guarded. And that makes it very difficult for someone to or even want to connect with us. They want to be their true self and connect with us. But if we are not willing to do the same, there is no real connection that can be made. If neither is being vulnerable, then there really is no connection to be had. And of course, there are some people we just don't want to connect with. So being more surface level with people that you find toxic or fake can be a safety mechanism to protect yourself. But we're talking about the people that we do want this with. Relatives, friends, significant others, etc. Anyone in your life you want to have a genuine open connection with, you should lead with vulnerability and not a guarded shell. Otherwise, you will be seen as the toxic or fake one by the ones you actually want to be closer to. It's also a good thing to keep in mind for those that are perfectionists because they want to put out the appearance that they are perfect in every way. They are obviously not being their most authentic selves and then those around you feel like they cannot relate to you and there lies the barrier. So learn to get deep with yourself and then share that wealth with those that care about you so that you can build a better relationship. So with that, number four. It reinforces the likelihood of cultivating a healthy relationship. We've covered creating connections, and now this is about nurturing them and fostering healthy ones. In general, we can tend to not be vulnerable when we feel that it is not safe to do so, or if we're afraid of potential negative consequences. This particular point is more related to romantic relationships. Some of us find that being too vulnerable can cause too much pain if it is given to the wrong person. But this is really just how anything in life should be navigated. We cannot move through life always worried about how something could play out, especially when it comes to the pursuit of healthy relationships. You know the saying, it's better to have loved and lost than to not have loved at all? The experience we have with the good times can outweigh the bad we may or may not even experience. And how often do the things we worry about actually come true? Risking some heartache in order to gain a fruitful relationship is no question. And when we can do this and our significant other matches our energy— our faith in them only increases. Not only this, but your partner is still accepting you at your most vulnerable as a good testament to a healthy and honest relationship. How can you be truly loved when you are not truly seen? When you can both be your true self and still accept one another, you're on a path to a strong relationship. Number five, it improves the likelihood of having our needs met. If there are people that you are interested in getting to know better and you both provide a level of vulnerability, discernment is built so that you can choose whether or not your true self meshes with that individual's true self. And when it comes to pre-existing relationships, if we remain guarded in an attempt to protect ourselves, are we really going to gain that result if we aren't showing our authentic selves? If we are showing a false version of who we are, then those that we want to connect with will interact with us based on that facade, which will not meet the needs of our true selves. Let's use the five love languages, for example. Imagine you receive love through words of affirmation, but you pretend that words actually mean nothing to you because you think that form of validation means something about you. And yes, I use the term validation because all of these languages are forms of validation. It is the validation that we mean something to someone else. When they show us love in the form in which we receive it, we will feel validated that they love us. So if you pretend words of affirmation mean nothing to you, your significant other could either slowly lessen that practice toward you since they feel you don't really want it, 
or if it's their nature to not provide it anyway, they just won't bother putting it into practice. When all along, words of affirmation are how you receive love. And because you're not vulnerable enough to say that you receive love that way, you're feeling unfulfilled. That can also ignite resentment because your significant other is not nurturing you in that way. However, if you weren't honest about that part of you, they cannot be expected to know any better. So remember, when you allow yourself to be open about your needs, you increase your chances of getting them met. It's possible that your significant other is not willing to work on providing you with that form of love, but then you can decide if you move on from that relationship and continue expressing what your requirements are, because when you do that, you're always more likely to get what you want, and in turn, the person you want. And one more thing to add, when we communicate our needs properly like this, we lose that distant and inaccessible version of ourselves. We appear much more approachable and attractive, which are key ingredients for a great relationship. And speaking of a great relationship, number six is it increases intimacy. Dictionary.com defines intimacy as a close, familiar, and usually affectionate or loving personal relationship with another person. There are some relationships that can have solely a physical connection, but little to none involves intimate vulnerability, which is why deep relationships require emotional and mental connection. When you create connections beyond physical, such as psychological and spiritual, the odds of intimacy improving is far more likely. Next week, we will dive into the emotional benefits a lot more. Until then, I will leave you with two quotes, both by Brene Brown. There can be no intimacy, emotional intimacy, spiritual intimacy, physical intimacy, without vulnerability. And the second one, I define connection as the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard, and valued when they can give and receive without judgment, and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. If you are enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And again, you can find me at Mercedes on Instagram to submit your questions and topic suggestions.